Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right. I always have a lot of favorite quotations, but I don't, I can't remember one, which was uh, Emma Emerson's, but it's a bit too long to recite. But what I'll do is I'd like to share, I don't know whether you remember this guy called Spock in Star Trek. Yeah. It was this line that he said that the needs of the many outweighs the needs of the few and of the one. So that one has always been my guiding light. And I'd like to add on to the fact that uh, we have only so much time on this earth. Let's make the most out of it and embrace the humanity that amongst us, amidst us, and make it, I would say, a more beautiful space during your time here on earth. So I would say that this is the way I would be living my life and where I'm bringing the value of my energy to the organization I'm with right now. And hopefully, we could impact more lives. Yeah. Melting Pot, a global podcast series hosted by Pyle, connects guests who have inspiring stories and reaches out to a multicultural audience over 52 countries. Guests are diverse, such as celebrities, entrepreneurs, travelers, and many more who've had a turning point in their lives and moved over to a holistic lifestyle. Follow us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, social media. Hi, everyone. Today for Melting Pot, I am in conversation with Ivan Chin. Ivan is the CEO of Extraordinary People Limited, which is a Singapore registered charity and it's an institution of public character, which holistically supports persons with special needs while it strives for an inclusive society through family centered and community supported initiatives. So thank you so much for joining me this morning, Ivan. Thank you, Payal. Really a privilege to be invited to your show. I hope I could share a bit more about what we do over here at Extraordinary People in the conversation. Thank Absolutely. you so much. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. So Ivan, can you start off by sharing the story of how you got involved in fostering inclusivity and supporting children with special needs through this charity? What is your involvement? I run the charity Extraordinary People as the CEO I didn't come here by chance. Uh, actually, it all dated back to my early days, like two over decades back when I volunteered to work with children with special needs and terminally ill children through a very simple volunteering experience in a camp. That camp actually opened my eyes to the bigger picture about life uh, beyond a commercial bottom line, which I was actually uh, in the logistics field. And that sort of told me that, hey, there's actually a social uh, bottom line that has not been really been addressed by myself and it's opened my eyes. And following that camp, I have gravitated towards the social service because I felt that I was most comfortable in this space and able to help 
and put my best and my passion into helping people with difficulties. 20, 20 over years on, I find myself back in the sector. Although I've been in healthcare for good about 15 over years, I came back into the social service sector because I wanted to finish my career serving the special needs sector a bit more because I think that was the very early interactions that I had with children with special needs that that tucked the heartstring that I always wanted to go back to and contribute my whatever I can to, to helping these kids and their families. It's been a quite a long journey and I'm very thankful to given the opportunity here at Extraordinary People to push the agenda, not just programs, but also to push the advocacy agenda about greater awareness about disability, how families are doing and how are they struggling and how can we help them. So this has always been the tenets of my team here in Extraordinary People to continue with the advocacy piece while churning out meaningful programs. Okay, so what do you think, okay, maybe we should possibly talk about, because you mentioned it, uh, advocacies, how does, your how does your charity actually engage in the effort of advocacy and so that you can create a more inclusive environment on a larger scale? Mm. That's a very good question, Payal. I think in everything we do, it's always about walking the talk. It's really talking about really all the programs that we really can deliver. That's really walking, creating good programs and, and providing the pathways for these children with special needs to live more independent lives. Uh, however, the talking of the walk is also very important. And uh, our target uh, uh, is actually to work with corporates, community groups, and even schools to go into the largest space in community to really go out there and talk about really spreading the word on what disability is all about. Our sensing, I think everybody knows that not everybody understands what disability is or about and how does inclusion come about and whether the culture of inclusion is recognized uh, no or not. So these are some of the things that we want to put it out there as part of our education, training, and consultancy packages for corporates out there and even schools as to how can they play their part in building a more inclusive society through understanding disability and how can we become, I would say, an integrated society that doesn't differentiate disabilities from, from ability. So I think that's what we set up to do here in Extraordinary People. I set up a disability and inclusion team that will be meeting all these demands and all these requests so that we can help with the culture building of inclusivity. Okay. How do you think the children of special needs, how is our society? I know you said that you're making a lot of effort in that direction, but how do you think that they are they being accepted in our society? Are they being differentiated is there like a category which says no okay sorry but you're children of special needs and you cannot really integrate with with the rest of of society because you're different and here i want to bring in the celebration the extraordinary people celebration that i was really happy to be invited to and and attend and i saw or actually i got a glimpse of how schools with children who are able 
integrated and there were a lot of performances where there was children with disability performing along with the children who have no disability. And so that was very encouraging to see. So do you think this is a step forward? And do you think there is more acceptance therefore for our society to be able to include these special needs uh, children into mainstream? I definitely think so. And because celebration, as you, you could see, is really about integration being showcased, where children with special needs with different disabilities coming together with mainstream school children with, I would say, no disability or whatever, yeah. coming together and performing as a team is really, in essence, what we are trying to build as a society. It's, an, it's a microcosm of what we really want in society so that everybody has gone, has put their biases and discrimination aside for this, no, just plainly be people together. I think it's all about culture building. Culture building starts from really about value system and what is really important and what is human decency all about in the beginning. In fact, all this should have been covered in the school setting where, where in the formative stages of our education, we should have been educated in this way. However, our education system may have missed some of this along the way. And I think progressively, as they grow up, things tend to be lost and people tend to lose touch on the basic understanding of human decency, being humanistic in, in many ways. So I would say there are pockets of, of people that are still biased and are still ignorant. There are a lot of invisible biasness only when put together in a space and they do express themselves. Then you realize that, hey, there are actually gaps in terms of acceptance. I think that Singapore is a multiracial city and everything is a country. We tend to have that in our DNA. I think congratulations to you being a, a naturalized citizen. I think you also understand that, yeah, it, it takes a little effort to really understand more about each other. But it is beyond tolerance. It's, it's about really acceptance. Yeah. And through our event and through all our engagements, it's all about understanding why and why should we actually do reach out and help each other because we are only here for each other. That's about it. So no one else can help us as humans. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. I think it's so important to, <clears throat> you mentioned tolerance versus actually acceptance. And I think that's very key to trying to give a better run. And I don't think empathy is the word. I think it's more to be able to act people with disabilities as main streamlined. So I think I think that's a very important message there. I wanted to ask you how important do you think is the role of arts and education when it promotes civility both within the community and among the children that you support? <clears throat> arts, uh, arts in its true, its true essence, through performing arts, uh, visual arts, and even all the various arts uh, and disciplines has always been, I would say, since when we started as a charity, we always wanted that to be the medium of engagement. Uh, reason being because I think all the kids with uh, some form of disabilities or special needs, um, though they may be limiting by, by nature, these children actually have got talent. 
Exactly. And trying to say, yeah. Exactly. So this talent can, <clears throat> excuse me, this talent can always be uncovered through a discovery process, which Extraordinary People provides this kind of programs to really uncover some of these very interesting talents that they have. It could be ability to do art in terms of visual arts, being able to express themselves in a very special way, and even performing arts in terms of playing the piano or a particular instrument. And our job here is really to see, can we use this medium to pro provide a longer pathway, or I would say a longer runway for them to get better at it in their craft and be able to convert their craft into something more enterprising or even uh, a form of employability in some way, which extraordinary people here uh, are trying to create some of these opportunities for them. And we always believe that persons with disabilities or special needs with talent has to have more, uh, I would say, more opportunities because why train a child to do a special talent when you don't want to further the potential? Why stop somewhere? Yeah. We realize that this is going to be a lot of children or a lot of families, they actually stop at a certain level. And because of the lack of opportunity or no one is coordinating that potential for to further with a short term or even a medium long term, then they start having that interest, which is quite a pity. So our job here is really to really focus and zoom in on some of these talents and create pathways that have got more, I would say, certainty and yet uncertainty because there are a lot of opportunities out there. And as you have seen at our concert, we actually launched or debuted a few of our, what we call the Extraordinary Music Companies bands. So we have a light orchestra, we have a choir, we have a green drumming crew and everything. That is all. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. About consolidating and harnessing their, their talents and put them into a performing and platform where they can really express themselves and hopefully they can earn a little bit of money along the way. So that's what we set out to do in okay, using so arts. Can you, can you elaborate a little bit on the programs that you have in order for these children to actually be able to showcase their talent or Definitely. to understand that they do have a talent and then how you're able to uh, take it forward. That's one part. And how do the families get involved? Do you have any kind of programs that enable the families to also be a, a part of the growth and development of these children within the arts? Mm. Certainly. 
Maybe I'll, I'll just settle the last question first. The, <laughs> the families are involved in the whole progress of each child because it's a very family-centric program that involves the parents from day one. So the parents are actually counted on to be part of the learning journey, support system at home, and also being there for their children when they perform and uh, when they are going through the programs that we have. So the parents have, are always in the picture and we provide support and training programs for the parents at the same time. So uh, our programs are very straightforward. It starts as early as our integrated program, which is from 7 to about 12. So this is where we take in children from SPED schools. There are a lot of SPED special education school children who require a lot more developmental needs. They are not met in the current school system. That also includes the special education needs group as well, who are special needs kids in the mainstream schools. These are the two, two buckets of, let's say, children who are struggling with the current curriculum and they need developmental support in terms of remedials or enrichment, as they call it, so that they get a better understanding of themselves, more better regulated, and so that they can continue their education pathways in school. So we pro provide that kind of support. So we take in as young as seven, all the way to 12, so that we engage them in developmental skills, independent living skills, and of course, to really meet some of their sensory needs, addressing some of their sensory needs and helping them to regulate better. And then they will move into a transitional program, which will start from 13 to about 16, where we pick out some of these talents that they have. For instance, some of them will be very good in art and or maybe even performing arts. And then we put, pick them and put them into programs, sub-programs that will address those uh, talents and harness them and sharpen those talents. And then they'll hit around 16 to 18 where we prepare them for what we call a campus program. Uh, campus is like almost like a high school or something like that because the, the school system uh, keeps them up to about 18, maximum 21. And what happens after that is what we call the cliff effect. A lot of children are quite lost if they do not have a fixed route or I would say how to navigate the, the care system. So we are creating this longer runway for them through our campus program, 18 all the way to 25, so that they have a longer runway which, or, or, or I would say platform to hone in their skills, get, I would say, accustomed to where they are going to be, even at work or even at home, or doesn't matter where they are, but they are meaningfully or gainfully employed. So this is where we are creating this safe space for them to learn, grow, and adapt instead of releasing them into the open market from 18 years old, which can be very detrimental to the family because the family is already so taxed and strained. Yeah. You may not know how to gain services or get access to services. So we are here to, to support them in those various aspects. And this is how the program works. And we are getting very good traction in this. We just launched our campus program in the beginning of the year. And we have about 18, 18 campus with us already. And it's very good. And we are hoping to get 30 by next year. This is more an innovation pilot to really showcase the fact that a longer runway a supported runway with community initiated initiatives can support a child with special needs 
and the family to a more stable, I would say a more stable approach to longer term independent living. So I think this is how our programs are being designed. That's amazing. That's amazing. So you're basically trying to be the channel to get these children to, yeah, because 18 is still very young. And then 18 to 25 is really the the maturity and the the adulthood comes in and i think to be able to support them to for them to then become independent adults is an incredible approach and at least there is a goal at the end of it and it's not just very medium so i i wish you luck with that because i think it's a very interesting initiative and I'm sure with the kind of work that you've been putting in as a charity I'm sure it's going to go the way you're looking at it the way forward I think before I end just wanted to ask you if you could share some maybe a couple of very positive and defining stories or moments that you felt had an impact on you personally as the CEO of Extraordinary People and also in general? Hmm. Well, the stories. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you talk about the work I do, it comes back down to the children themselves. I think there are about two incidences that has always been striking for me in my capacity in Extraordinary People. It is about preparing for events and showcasing the talents of uh, the children that we have. It is actually very interesting. It is actually at both events that, that were very moving. i just cite you maybe one, one very interesting story was that we were supposed to put up a performance item at one of our charity events. And we had to, to bring two boys together with autism. And they could sing, but they never sung together. So I was a bit apprehensive because I'm not too sure whether they could actually perform together properly. So each one could sing in their own right, in his own right, but together it was always a challenge. So we had maybe a few weeks left for the event and through the third, second or third rehearsal or practice, I wasn't convinced that they will pull it off. And my team here was saying, let's give them a chance. Let's give them a chance. Yeah, I want to give them a chance. But it's very clear that they can or they cannot. So it's not about the harmonizing. It's not about the, man, the mannerism. It's just whether can they sing together. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I would say that the last practice session, they weren't really 100% as well. So they were probably about 60%, 70%. And I took a risk to say, okay, let them perform. And, and so actually, it's a closed-door event, but... It's safe, but even if people do query, but there are a lot of imperfections, but I think it's acceptable. So we went to event day itself and their role came out, their performance came out. And we were all biting on biting our fingers and gritting our teeth, wondering how they would be doing. And I would say it was the most surprising uh, moment because the two of them sang beautifully. Wow. Yeah. So it brought tears to the whole team. <laughs> yeah. So, so I would say moments like this, <clears throat> and very much like what you saw in celebrations, is that these kids 
can rise up to the occasion. Oh, absolutely. I'm being very honest. It felt like they were professional. So when they were on stage, I did not see, I couldn't fault even one child because the enthusiasm, the talent, and hats off to whoever was involved in putting this whole show together because there were hundreds of kids and I can completely understand how hard it is to manage just a bunch of kids, let alone hundreds of kids. And there were some four-year-olds as well who were yeah. so confident on stage. And I think they have a very promising journey ahead for them. And if the arts is encouraged more and more, I think, especially for special needs children, I think there is a whole world open for them within Singapore itself, where they can actually earn a living. So I'm really, I, I was genuinely, I told you this before the start of our conversation that I was completely blown away. And mm. I think the kind of work that you're doing is very encouraging. Thank you so much, Ivan. Is there anything, any message that you would like to send out to not just within Singapore, but also the rest of the world? Because Melting Pot is a global show with thousands of listeners from all over the world. So is there mm -hmm. anything that you would like to say? Any Anything that, or in any way that you think people within Singapore as well as outside of Singapore can get involved in mm. the mission that you have. All right. I always have a lot of favorite quotations, but I don't, I can't remember one, which was uh, Emma Emerson's, but it's a bit too long to recite. But what I'll do is I'd like to share, I don't know whether you remember this guy called Spock in Star Trek. Yeah. It was this line that he said that the needs of the many outweighs the needs of the few and of the one. So that one has always been my guiding light. And I'd like to add on to the fact that uh, we have only so much time on this stuff. Let's make the most out of it and embrace the humanity that amongst us, amidst us and make it, I would say, a more beautiful space during your time here on Earth. So I would say that this is the way I will be living my life and where I'm bringing the value of my energy to the organization I'm with right now. And hopefully, we could impact more lives. Yeah. So that's my two cents. Absolutely. Thank you. Much appreciated. And Thank I think you. it's a message from your heart, um, which is what makes it even more special. Even though you've quoted, but it doesn't matter because <laughs> it's, <laughs> it, it's meaningful to you. And that's what as you mentioned, it's your guiding light. So thank you once again. I really enjoyed this conversation with you, Ivan. Thank you, Kyle. Yeah. I hope, and I am not just, not just I hope, but I'm confident that extraordinary people surely is going to go far. Thank you so much, Kyle. Thank you for having me today. You're more than welcome. You have a wonderful day. Yourself too. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you.
For more weekly conversations, do listen to Melting Pot on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. Follow us on YouTube and on Instagram at Podcast Melting Pot. So until the next episode, this is Pyle signing off. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.